Mother Earth provides enough for everyone's need, but not everyone's greed. This quote by Mahatma Gandhi should be a wake-up call for all of us. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Unapologetically KK. Today I have with me Mariska Nell, who is an artist turning trash to treasure and also an environmentalist. Hello Mariska, welcome to Unapologetically KK. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for talking to us about something that we all should be concerned about, which is our planet. Uh, You have your own podcast called Mama Earth Talk. Yes, yes, I do. So it's a podcast that's all about sustainability and it kind of meets people where they are in the journey towards a more sustainable future. And how long have you been doing this podcast? I actually started in August um, just because it was after the whole Waste Me Not challenge where I wore my own trash for 30 days. Um, So since then, since about April, I was getting a lot of questions from people asking, you know, how can they um, make changes in their daily lives? And so I've been answering the same question a lot. And then I just decided, you know what, there's, there's so many people that really wants to get these information and um so i decided well what better way to maybe you know provide people with a podcast and then i can just go back and say listen to episode three or listen to episode five and provide a lot more people with um information right i'm just going to go back to what you said you wore your trash for 30 days can you tell us something about that Yeah, so um, me and one of my friends, Marita Peters, so we were very inspired by an environmentalist in the US, Rob Greenfield, Mm -hmm. and he actually did that in New York for 30 days carrying his own trash, and um, I just thought it was really an amazing initiative to be able to see how much waste you you generate. Uh And um, so we took a little bit step further. So from Earth Hour to Earth Day this year, Mm -hmm. me and Marita both wore our own trash, um, but we kind of represented what the average global citizen would look like. That was me. I was carrying two to three kilograms of trash every single day, adding it to my suit. And Marita just tried to use as little as possible. So she was more a conscientious person. And um, over the course of 30 days, just by her, you know, doing small changes, like mm-hmm. where, like carrying her own sustainability kit, you know, like your reusable items. And, um, you know, she, she managed to create four kilograms of waste throughout 30 days. Wow. And I created 60, almost 65 kilos in the same amount of time. Wow. And that's an average person or you were still trying to hold back. 64 kgs is what we all produce. Well, that is, wh- that is about below the average, I would say, because it's, it's, it's closer to about three kilograms is about the average um, that each person generates in, in waste. A day. A day. Okay. Wow. So a number that we all need to understand exactly and and be conscious of I guess because I think we throw trash away and we never think about where it goes what happens to it you know what we can do to stop it and and that brings me to my next question what is the biggest environmental threat today well, I think it is kind of, um, there's a few things that contributes to it. And I would say one of the biggest things is like consumerism. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have got this throwaway culture that, um, you know, we buy something, we don't like it, we throw it away. And unfortunately, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's really, really bad for the environment that we don't realize. Yeah. And um, obviously, plastics is one of the items that is easy dispose of because, you know, you would get your re- whether it is a single use plastic. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Single use like cutlery set. Yes. And you just use it once and you throw it away or, you know, from going and buying your plastic water bottle and just throw it away. Because um, a lot of people don't really see the value of that plastic water bottle or that plastic, you know, cutlery. So it is something um, that I would say is quite a big issue that, um, you know, people just throw these plastic away. But again, 
it comes with this whole culture that we've got um, that it's easy to throw it away because when it's away, it's away. Um, so, so yeah, I would say that's really something that, you know, is a problem. It's a big problem. And until someone else like kind of tells us, listen, you cannot throw this away. Mm -hmm. And there is, is like implications for that, whether it is you get a fine, whether it is a ban, a lot of people will still keep on with this like throwaway culture. That's that's what I feel is quite a big problem and that we need to look at. Other than plastics, fast fashion is a huge culprit in, in adding to this problem because when I was doing my research on sustainability in fashion, I was shocked to find that fashion is the second highest polluter in the world behind oil and gas. It's not even plastic. I mean, obviously, you need the oil and gas to create the plastic, but the the way they produce the blends of fabric now are so harmful to the environment that it, it, is, it is literally making us sick and nobody realizes that. And one of the things that I was reading and it was actually uh, Danny from my PR who gave this article to me, it was about, it was about cotton. The way we produce cotton now, because of the amount of cotton we need for something like denim, is extremely harmful to the environment. Yeah. It's not naturally produced anymore. And that's shocking. I mean, I guess people just don't know. I think it's not alarming enough uh, for people to understand. Yes, we are seeing all of these statistics. Yes, we are seeing things happening. Yes, we are hearing about climate change. But unless people are going to get affected personally, I don't think anything is going to happen. And, and I'm not sure what that massive change is supposed to be to, to wake people up. Yeah, I think, you know, with the, with the fast fashion industry, um, you're looking at, and previously there used to be the seasons, you know, every mm -hmm. season some of these clothing brands got a new line. But now it's changing every week. So you've got four, uh, like 52 seasons yes. of fashion. And um, if you go to some of these places where they actually manufacture the, whether it's the fabric or whether it's actually the garments, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of implications happening here. If you look at um, a few years back with Rana Plaza, there were so many garment workers that actually died because of the working conditions yes. they were in. Also, um, some of the farmers, when, you know, you're living quite near to some of the water um, streams, they can actually determine what color the next fabric season will be based on the water because the water will have kind wow. of a tint of that color. Yeah. And again, I think it's, it's got a lot to do with consumerism as well. If you think of um, you know, the price of a jean. A jean on average is between, um, you know, the, the water footprint is between 7,000 and 11,000 liters for one pair of jean. Wow. So if you can buy that pair of jean for like five or seven dollars at some of these fast fashion brands, that's almost the same price as what you would for a coffee. Yes. So people kind of don't link that that gene is that valuable because I'm drinking a coffee, I throw away the, um, the disposable container. Yep. So for me, it's very, very interesting to see how fast fashion is, is being run by certain you know, fashion brands out there and, um, and that people can, they'll buy something. I mean, we've got Christmas coming up now. Um, you know, so everyone's going to buy their Christmas T-shirts. And, um, you know, yes, I also have one of those Christmas T-shirts, but it's the same one I've been wearing for the past five years. And people would buy it for this occasion and then afterwards just throw it away. Right. And if you think about it, you know, if you pay about, what, 10 or $15 for that shirt, you wear it once mm -hmm. and you just throw it away. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think it's the low cost of fashion, exactly. fast fashion. It's not how fast it's being produced, it's how cheap it's become. Exactly. And that's why I think people don't value it. If you buy a Chanel purse or if you buy a, a high-end luxury brand which you pay thousands of dollars for, 
you are going to pass it on to your kids. You are not going to throw it away after wearing it once because you've taken a picture with it and put it on social media and now you can't be seen to be wearing it again. And and I think that's the the low cost. And I think it comes back to plastic as well. It's the low cost and the convenience of of having it at your fingertips that makes you feel, oh, you know what? I'm not using it all the time. I'm just using it when I need it. Like when you travel, you use disposable things all the time. And you throw them in places where there is no garbage collection, where it it can't be cleaned up, it can't be recycled. I mean, that's where I'm, I'm assuming that you have to be responsible, that at least take your waste and put it where it can be recycled. Exactly. And I think also with the whole, um, you know, recycling, if like if we look at clothing where people say, okay, cool, we can put all our old clothing in this pile Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're going to give it to people that need it. In a lot of the times when when you look at how many of those clothes actually get to those people, how many of those clothing actually get sold in thrift stores, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the amount of clothing that then ends up in landfills yes. because um, there's just too much. So I think it's so important for us to realize that, you know, when you purchase stuff like that mm-hmm. and... You know, you want to buy this T-shirt because it's Halloween and, you know, you're going to throw it away (laughs) afterwards. Um, It's, you need, I feel people need to think about it. And the same with, um, with like plastic items. You know, for me, I am not someone that's very advocating for recycling. I feel that um, recycling has a place. Mm-hmm. But like in, in my lifestyle and how I go about is I kind of follow five R's. And so the first one is to refuse, then reduce, reuse, then recycle and rot. So on my list of priorities, recycling is number four. Right. And why I say that is because I want to first kind of refuse as much of those plastic as I can so that I don't bring it into my house because then I'm left to actually recycle it. And then all of the plastic that I do bring into my house, I make sure that they can be recycled and not, you know, be placed in a position where it has to go to landfill. I agree. My husband started a few years ago with completely refusing plastic bags when we went to the supermarket or when we went to the mall and it used to be embarrassing initially because he would literally make us carry things in our hands so if we went somewhere and we bought clothes he'd be like okay you know carry it in your hand and I'd be like no I'm not going to and then if it was too many things he would say all right one bag and then we put everything in so that became a habit where we literally would say no bag and if I take a bag my kids now say mom, it's okay, I'll carry it in my hand, no bag, you know, or if we have one bag, they'll say, just put it in. So no bag has become such a common thing for us that people are actually surprised because what really upsets me here is not just the fact that people give you plastic bags, but sometimes they give you a plastic bag for each item that you have bought. And sometimes they give you a double bag because it's going to, you know, the first one is going to break because the item might be a bit heavy. And I'm just thinking, I understand you have to do this, but can't we just limit it to some some degree? Can't we all pitch in and do something about it yes we have to take one take one take a bag with you like sometimes he, he'll insist that my kids take a backpack to the mall and say you know if you you know you're going there to shop something take a backpack and we'll put it in that and and I have had so many instances where I've literally got my hands full especially in a supermarket we have a supermarket where we live and we're walking around <laughs> with all of these items in our hands and you know it could be dairy it could be meat it could be whatever but we're all holding stuff in our hand because wow. it's like literally two minutes to walk home and we won't take a bag I think that's brilliant and I mean that's a start how you can you know get this new habit in your family and I often see when I just like stop at the um, petrol station and you know you quickly 
go into the store and then someone would buy a sandwich that they are going to eat in the car like right now yes and then you know they they kind of have it in this plastic bag yes as they are walking out they're taking it out of the plastic bag and throwing the bag away i know and then i'm like why are you doing it i know i mean i i don't understand that as well i i mean that is the smallest thing you can do and i and i don't get that level of you know being that unaware of what's happening around you and and i think that these are people who are educated yeah you know they're reading the paper they're watching news on the television so it's not something that they're completely unaware of it's just lack of care maybe yeah i think you know it's um it's also got to do about the education because i feel there's a lot of people that don't know that this is an issue i mean it's some it's it's a way how they were brought up you know you always have this plastic bags and it's okay to take a plastic bag and um and then you know they don't really know there's a lot of people i feel that don't know that that's an issue but um, the problem that I have with people that actually know it's an issue mm-hmm. and then they would still use the plastic bag. So that's where I kind of, you know, if I've told some of my friends like now for the fifth time, hey, don't, yeah. don't use that many plastic bags. Or, you know, when we go out to a restaurant and I tell them, um, you know, no straw, like I would, yes. I would just say immediately when the waiter comes, I would say like, no, thanks. We don't need straws. Right. And then I will ask, my friends like do you need a straw because I have like reusables yeah my son does that we we went to a restaurant the other night for dinner and uh, we ordered drinks and most of the time these people actually put the straws in without asking you whether you want one and they gave us a paper straw and he was like mom I'm going to give this restaurant a five-star rating because I am so impressed yeah and he is now becoming conscious of the impact of of plastic and other things on the environment and uh, he, he turned around and he said I think I want to go vegetarian completely wow. I just because he's come across a PETA website and he's been reading things and he said I just I just can't I just can't do it I mean I know I can't get completely go vegetarian but he's already vegan twice a week wow. and now he said another you know three days a week I'm going to go completely vegetarian I don't want to eat beef because he's he's reading about how the beef industry is is affecting the environment and and i think it's amazing that the kids are starting to understand the impact even if the adults are are a bit far behind exactly and i feel especially i'm so hopeful for the youth of today because you know you see things like that you see where these kids just want to make a difference and if that's giving up on meat like every other day or completely then you know that's what they do right and um and like veganism is really increasing so much yes um like i'm finding it hard like i've had here a few times like i did a one month where i just went vegan Mm -hmm. and um so when you go to some restaurants then you know you say like oh what vegan options do you have and Mm -hmm. they'll typically be like oh we have salad (laughs) and i'm like yeah salad is good but do you not have like really nice food like you know like a hamburger yes. or something that's yes. like vegan and um now i'm seeing more uh, restaurants actually offering that yes um so i'm very excited about that and i think you know the moment people make that switch from mm-hmm. like being vegan is not eating just salads like yes a yes lot of food. well i am constantly searching for recipes because i have to you know cook for him at home and and I have to kind of incorporate as many vegetables as I can because I was like you can't eat bread and peanut butter if you're weak (laughs) you know you just can't survive on on not eating meat you have to substitute that with something that's you know that's healthy that's plant-based and uh, I was in Bali in June and you know for a yoga retreat and they were completely vegan there and the meals that they served us were incredible you wouldn't know that there was no mayonnaise in the burger. You wouldn't be able to tell that you had actually given up on meat. And and I think that's really what good vegan food is. It's 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 flavorful. It's got so many different options. And you know, you you just I think because it's new, it's not convenient. Yeah. 
you have to go out there and find it. And I think that probably is the biggest problem we have. What all of these things like plastic and fast fashion offer us is convenience. Yeah. We have to give up the convenience to save the planet. Exactly. You know? I couldn't agree with you more. And I feel, especially with a lot of the things that we purchase that's so cheap as yes. well, it's convenient, it's cheap. You know, we don't even have to worry about taking this home. We can just leave it here because mm -hmm. it was only 50 fields or whatever. Yes. Um, you know, I feel we need to start realizing that every single item that we purchase that's got like this cheap price tag actually has a much bigger price tag attached to it that we're not paying there at the till but our environment's paying for it. You know, our children's going to pay for it. Our grandchildren's most probably going to pay for it in time. Um, and I feel more people need to start realizing that every single purchase you make, mm -hmm. you know, there is kind of, you need to rethink about it. Think about, is this really necessary? Yes. And also, how am I going to dispose of this? And if it's just going to end up in a bin, like, you know, what is the process? Because, um, People very easily say, oh, we'll throw it away. Yes. But when you look at it, there is no really a way, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't know just because you are throwing it away responsibly into a recycling bin. You don't know where it goes from exactly. there. Exactly. And a lot of people um, I find, especially with water bottles, they say, oh, it's okay um, to use these water bottles because I recycle. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know. That water bottle that you recycle, it's basically going to be degraded to a lower quality plastic. So that water bottle is never going to be another water bottle exactly like that. You yes. Know? So um, I think the moment people start realizing that there's all of these little things that's happening, um, maybe I should use less or maybe, you know, try and find a, a different options that's available. Yeah. So can you tell us what actually happens to our waste? The waste that we throw away without thinking, those bottles, those those cheap tenderum things that we buy from the shops for Christmas and Halloween that we don't even think about because, you know what, we're just going to put it somewhere to recycle. What happens to all of that? So it depends. I mean, um, you know, we I've visited recycling facilities um, in, in a few different countries and uh, each, each country has got its own, like, um, methods mm -hmm. and also each recycling facility has got its own different like whether it's machinery or however the, they sort their waste mm -hmm. and um, so first of all like you need to find a recycling facility that I would say that would be able to recycle what it is that you mainly use because say you know plastics one one and two often gets recycled through a lot of different facilities mm -hmm. um, where some of the other harder ones can't be recycled at all of these facilities. So if you think to throw it in the recycle bin because it's plastic, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, those facilities can't recycle it. So um, that would be then up to them whether they actually, you know, it just ends up in the landfill or whether they, you know, would be able to take it to another facility if there is a facility in that country that can, you know, break it down, break it down. Um, and, you know, degrade it into another, you know, plastic that they can actually use. So it all, all just depends on that. I mean, I visited a really excellent facility in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. um, the Sims, uh, Sims municipality. So they mainly sort out all of New York's um, waste. And it was really great to see what they can and cannot recycle, especially like with, um, you know, aluminium. There is so much aluminium that ends up in a landfill mm -hmm. that could easily be recycled. So literally like your Hershey's Kisses, like those... The cover. The, yeah, the covers. Like you can actually recycle that. It is aluminium. It can be recycled. Wow. But it ends up in a bin and then it ends up in the landfill. So normally like if you throw something away, um, so there's kind of a few ways like you can either put it in a recycling bin where mm -hmm. it should, if it's going to a good facility, it should get recycled properly. You can either put it in a landfill, um, you know, like in the bin that goes to the landfill and mm -hmm. then it will be there for years and years and years. Probably your children's children and their children and even their children, it will still be there. 
And then you have like um, food waste as well. Yeah. Um, so a lot of food waste ends up in landfill. Yeah. And um, then obviously it causes all of these methane gases, mm-hmm. um, which is very harmful for the environment. So if you do have like a compost facility or anything close to you, it would be great to actually do compost. I know currently here there's not that many options, mm-hmm. um, but I've got like in our house, I compost all of our food waste with a small like smart car or machine. And um, yeah, so I, I avoid sending that to landfill. So, so th- th- those are basically the steps. So, you know, from that you take that item and you throw it away. So you obviously can first select whether you're sending it straight to landfill or whether you're going through a recycling facility and making sure whatever can be recycled gets recycled. And again, this comes down to convenience. The excuse people have is like, oh, I don't have the time to do all of that because it is not easy. I mean, let's be honest, even separating your your waste and putting it in the right recycle bins and composting is something that takes time it takes effort and that brings it down to really how concerned you are you know are you concerned enough to take that little bit of an effort to make sure that the planet is going to survive much beyond you know what we think it is and one of the things that i read there was an indian physicist who actually said that people don't understand the planet at all they think that the planet won't survive and what they don't understand it's that humanity won't survive Mm. the planet will still be here as it has been for millions of years it's we won't you know we will go extinct and and that is what people need to understand that you are actually killing humanity you're not killing the planet Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that is so true because I've been speaking to a lot of people and um, and it all comes down to that. You know, we're, we're not like a lot of people say they're not too worried about, you know, the planet mm-hmm. because the planet's going to survive. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to be the ones that's left without oxygen. We're going to be the ones that doesn't have food anymore. You know, we're um, the dinosaurs. Exactly. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. Watch Jurassic Park. (laughs) You need to know what's going to happen to you. And, you know, no one may be able to revive you like they did in in Jurassic Park. I think, you know, people need to understand the alarming numbers. And, And one of the things that I wanted to ask you is how does this waste end up in the ocean? So... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different ways um, how it ends up in the ocean. Um, So it can be anything from, you know, people walking in a park and dropping their plastic bottle because they think everywhere is a bin and they just drop it in the environment. So then those items kind of stay in the environment. Sometimes it goes into water streams and then, you know, it kind of finds its way into the ocean as well as there's a lot of the times that um, that people are actually sitting on the beach and also you just leave your stuff, the tide comes, plastic comes in. There's, there's a lot of times that we hear that um, people that, goes out on, that go out on boats, that they just like dump everything overboard. So there's a wide variety of different um, methods how it can actually end up in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, I think it's about one garbage truck per minute of plastic gets dumped in the ocean. So it's like, you know, globally. Wow. And they said that's, that is going to rise. Um, I think it's 20, by two garbage trucks in 2030. And I think um, it's going to be double that by 2050. So, so yeah, so it's a lot and it's just from all over. I mean, I visited Thailand um, a few months back and just in, in a span of about one hour, I collected more than 200 plastic straws just off the beach. Um, So, I mean, it it comes in with different tides. You've got a lot of islands that actually like in, um, in the Maldives where Mm -hmm. they, where they have like an island, which is like their landfill. So they kind of pile stuff. So the moment there's a a rise in tide or something, you know, it will take some of the stuff away. So there's a whole variety of different ways how it ends up in the ocean. But a lot of it is because it wasn't um, disposed of correctly. 
and that comes all down to us like you know whether it is that we filled a plastic bag and you know full of trash and we left it on the beach and you know the next mm-hmm. morning it's gone um so there's there's a v- wide variety but it all comes down to someone put it there or someone left it there wow but this is this is still quite alarming because it's killing marine life with the the report that we had of the the whale that was found dead in indonesia with plastic waste in its stomach and i was reading that it had flip flops and 115 drinking cups yeah it's it's really shocking and um you know if you take like just for example a plastic bag uh, a clear maybe one of those veggie bags you know that the people mm-hmm. love to put their fruits and veggies in um if you take something like that and you put it in the ocean and you compare what it looks lo- like what that bag looked like and what a jellyfish looked like mm-hmm. it looks very similar so when they think it's food yes they do think it's food um so they will eat it because they think it's a jellyfish so they don't have all of these alarming signs saying this is plastic this is plastic right um they see something that looks like a jellyfish and they'll eat it so whereas we can distinguish this is a jellyfish this is this is wow. actually a fish um so that's how they kind of find their way into our um into our ocean uh, into our food systems but also the smaller pieces because when these plastic get bro- get broken down into smaller smaller p- pieces of microplastics you get some of your bottom feeders like your prawns and you know they actually eat those little microplastics and then again it comes into our food chain and um, we're eating it now exactly <laughs> one of the reasons why i try not to eat seafood anymore is because you know I just don't know whether the seafood has got no. plastic in yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> wow, something to think about. Something more to think about. So we've got hormones in the chicken and in the eggs and in the beef and we've got possible chemicals in the plants and now we've got microplastics in the fish. So if uh, the, the climate change doesn't kill us you know the food chain will kill us we i mean we have to do something and and why is it not being done at a much higher level um in i was in india this uh, summer and in mumbai where i'm from they have banned plastic bags completely you are not allowed to have a plastic bag in your store or you will be shut down and you can either wrap it up in news a newspaper or you sell a cloth bag to them at cost so that's the options we had when we w- went to buy something they w- they said either you bring your own bag um or we're going to wrap it up for you in a newspaper or we can sell you this forever cloth bag yeah. and and i just don't understand why that's not something that we're seeing everywhere exactly and i think you know um just to take it back a few decades before Uh that's kind of what my grandparents used to Yes, do. yes. So it's not it's not a new invention. Absolutely. And you know, it it used to work so well and you were also um you looked out for your stuff, you know, like those glass jars that you used to fill um your items. You would like take care of them because they were mm-hmm. expensive and you know, you only had a limited amount. So yes. you really took care of them and same with the bags as well. Um so I think it's so important for us to to take also just a little breather mm-hmm. and think back of how did they do it and kind of move forward and I mean we're m- way more advanced than what you know some of the stuff that they did but still there's certain elements that I feel like you know they did it right they did do it right when I I know in my lifetime when I was a kid We used to get milk bottles delivered by the milkman and they were in glass bottles. You had to give your two bottles, empty bottles to get the the new ones in the morning. And as I grew up when I when I was a teenager, that moved to plastic. Mm. Those bottles were replaced with plastic bags the milk came in. And even that in India, the the housewives they they use the once they pour the milk out they wash that plastic bag so at the end of the month they have people who come to your house and they take your plastic 
they take your newspapers they take any old things that you have and they give you new cooking utensils for it so they weigh the waste and for that they they they'll give you a spoon they'd give you a plate or they'd give you a cooking pot depending on how much you have yeah to exchange I, I, i think I, that's amazing exactly it's I, like getting skywards miles yeah So I think if there was some system like that, I mean, I remember when I was little, we used to buy our soda in glass bottles. Yes. And so every month we would have one crate of like soda empties that we would go and exchange. And yes. then you would pay less to get, um, you know, the full ones. And I think that because you kind of got a reward for it, you got like a discounted mm-hmm. rate. Um, I think people kept on doing it. And just because like... It also feels good. Yeah, it feels good. You go there and you get your new um, cold drinks. And I feel if we had something in place like that, mm-hmm. where even if it was with plastic bottles, if there was an incentive yeah. for you to go, yeah, you would do that. Absolutely. Um, I've just like worked together with the Rove Hotel where we actually um, have got a campaign where people can bring in their plastic water bottles or mm-hmm. any plastic bottle And they get uh, dining credit in return. Mm-hmm. And they've collected a few thousand bottles already in wow. just like the few weeks that they started. Because now people feel incentivized to actually go and, you know, give in their plastic water bottles. Whereas if they had to just take it to the recycling, then yeah, they'll feel good. But what's in it for them? Yeah. Um, so I've been getting a lot of people that keep on asking me like, okay, why should I do this? And then I'm like, well, because you want to be a good person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number one. That's the first thing. Yeah. But um, it feels like, you know, they, they do want something a little bit more. So if they can get like with collecting their plastic water bottles for two or three weeks or picking up a little bit, mm-hmm. they can get a free meal or free coffee. They'll be in. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and yeah, and shocking enough, the one week or I saved plastic water bottles for about almost three weeks. And um, that was just from picking up because we don't use plastic water bottles in our house. And I collected over 130 bottles just like as I was going about, going to the beach, picking up. And it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, Yeah. it is a lot. And if everyone just did it for their own waste, it would just be easy. Exactly. For, you know, for you, even if you don't have the time to go out there and to pick bottles and to clean up the environment or the beach or whatever, you can do it with just what you are using exactly you know and and not just to put it in a bin this is what you're saying know where it's going yeah you know do something with your waste when you know that it is going to be disposed of responsibly yeah um and i would love to do a campaign like that with you i mean with clothes if I would love to give a discount on on my collection if people came in and and you know gave us the old clothes which we could then send somewhere. That that's an amazing idea. Why not? And I mean with old clothes as well. So what I've been recently doing is um I'm trying to like clean out my cupboard. Mm-hmm. And um so I've I've already removed a lot of the items that is good good quality items that I'm going to sell like at retold. Um, and then some of the t-shirts and things that has like little holes, but I still feel like very sentimental about them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know I'm not going to wear it again because it's got like all of these little holes. I actually converted them into shopping bags and now I can still use it. So instead of it ending in a bin or, you know, I'm, I'm giving it away, but I really don't want to give it away because, you know, I bought it there and... Now I can take it to the mall with me when I do my shopping. So yes. My they, daughter did that for her international fair at school. They they took their t-shirts and converted them into shopping bags. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. For people to use and anything, if you can find, if you can make things last longer, you know, that reduces you buying more. And somewhere down the line, there's going to be an overall effect of maybe people producing less because there's just not that much of a demand to buy something new because it's so easily available and because it's become so cheap exactly. to buy and so easy to dispose yeah. and and that is is something that brings me to to a question where we 
we need to have these discussions with our kids. So what is the best way to introduce the idea of sustainability with, with children? Well, I think, you know, with children um, and like I don't have children, so I'm probably not the best <laughs> like person to give advice on children. But I've seen, especially um, like with Marita Peters that did the tra- like Waste Me Not Challenge with me, mm-hmm. um, you know, so she's got two girls and like she kind of teach them through example. Yeah. So what those girls know about recycling and about the environment is not something that she preached down on them. Mm-hmm. It's something that she taught them by the way she lives. Yes. And um, and obviously to also encourage your children to do stuff, you know, to to do an activity, whether it is going to a beach cleanup and tell, like, explain to them why is it important to do mm-hmm. this beach cleanup, you know, to get your children active in the environment, you know, whether it is going cycling or whether it's going on a hike. Because the moment they start having that appreciation for nature, mm-hmm. they would want to keep nature clean. Yes. Um, so I feel that's very important. And also to tell them that, you know, it's little steps at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're not trying to save the world overnight. Um, I mean, it took quite quite some time <laughs> to actually get to the state where we're at. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just little steps and little wins and... You know, whether it is that you take your reusable water bottle to school instead of getting the plastic one, yeah. um, that that's a little win. And, yes. um, and, you know, people, some kids are going to look funny at you. Some kids are going to tease you because, you know, you use your spork instead of a disposable um, cutlery set. Mm-hmm. But it's little things like that. And the moment that they realize why is it important, mm-hmm. like because of mother nature and mama earth you know um they would want to continue doing that and um so i that's that's one of the things that i would say is just to get them kind of involved and just yeah and and make it part of your daily routine i mean i think we think about it being an inconvenience now because we have we're thinking of doing everything at once exactly i think if it was just one thing that we started with and then add, started to add on as we became comfortable with that. Like for us, as I said, as a family, the no plastic bag rule is just something that we've gotten used to. You know, it's not something we think about now. Saying no to a plastic bag is just something that, that we want to do and that doesn't affect us. It's not an inconvenience and it feels good. Yeah. You know, it really does feel good. The kids are proud of themselves to say, no plastic I mean they smile when they say I'm sorry I don't need a bag thank you very much and then you get a little thank you from you know the cashier to say oh because you have this child now saying I don't want it and and I think adding on from that and saying that you know one thing at a time compost is something that that (laughs) you need to get to at some point which is obviously more but I think if you learn it just becomes easy Exactly. And I think, you know, if it's something like, um, because living here in the UAE, I mean, a lot of people do stay in apartments. It's not like everyone can stay in a villa Mm -hmm. or have a garden. Um, So, but it it might be something that you give your your child maybe a small plant and, you know, explain to them, listen, this is what we need to do or this is how you grow something. Because I feel um, at some point our children's going to look at us and be like, yeah, bananas come from the store. Yeah, you know, they they don't know that there's a whole process behind it. So it's little things like that that I feel you know we need to get more people involved in doing stuff with the environment. And I mean, you don't have to be the most eco, um, environmental yeah. friendly person, but just like little steps, little and, things. Yes, and I mean, don't do something that's too much out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Because I feel you will not enjoy it. And it's just going to make the next step so much harder. So do whatever it is that you can. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the rest will follow. Right. Like if you, like what you said, like with the no plastic bags for your family, then the next thing might be a plastic straw. Then it might be the coffee cups. And Mm -hmm. before you know it, you've given up on like how many items. Yes. And 
it doesn't feel like it was the end of the world giving up on these items. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it actually feels uncomfortable now when you do use it. You kind of feel like you sold out. It's like, I don't need this. I must do something more than, you know, um, the convenience of not having it. And plastic straws, for sure. I mean, that is definitely something that everybody should say no to exactly. uh, plastic bags a little bit more difficult but I think if you just remember to take a bag you know with you every time you go out again something that you can get used to it's not that big a deal and I think that will make a really big impact you know I mean there are I, I don't even know the numbers of of plastic bags that are produced globally oh, every year I can't, I can't remember the exact statistics but it's like billions wow wow <laughs> The statistic that I do know, and I do have some more here, is I know 10% of the clothes that are produced every year go to the landfill. And they say that there's about over 100 million clothes that are produced globally, so about 10 million go into the landfill. Because people, either it's fast fashion, they throw it away, or the big brands do not want to devalue their brand, and so they would prefer to send it and destroy it, uh, send it to the landfill and destroy it, rather than you know, put it on sale and sell it. And and that is a problem. And some of the other climate change facts I have here are temperatures are rising, even though the president of the United States doesn't believe climate change is a real thing. But here are the facts. Temperatures are rising, and 2016 was the hottest year on record since 1880. 97% of researchers believe global warming is happening I want to know who the other 3% are, but okay, (laughs) moving on. But it's the third most serious issue facing the world after international terrorism and what they've clubbed together as poverty, hunger, and drinking water. There are 21.5 million people who have been forcibly displaced since 2008 just because of climate change. So these are the floods, these are the, the, you know, the heat waves, the fires, all of these other things that are happening where people have not have had to be forcibly moved from their homes. Um, global flooding could triple and displace 54 million people by 2030. And there is also what, what I've read about called an Earth Overshoot Day. Are you familiar with that concept? Yes, unfortunately I am. <laughs> Please tell us something about it. So yeah, so obviously um, with, with that, it's basically a day that they predetermine. So up until that day, the earth can kind of survive on its own resources. You know, we've got enough for mm-hmm. like one planet. But the moment you get to that day, then we're kind of overshooting. So we are using more resources than what our planet can actually, you know, regenerate in one year. Um, so yeah, every year that date is unfortunately moving earlier, closer. Yes. Yes. Um, so it is, it's, it's really shocking. Um, I mean, this year it was somewhere in August. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really shocking. And again, you know, with things like climate change and everything, uh, there is stuff happening. And I think the sooner that some leaders that doesn't accept that there is climate change accepts it and that we kind of, you know, get to the problem and we start dealing with things that can help, you know, to be a solution, mm-hmm. I think the better for us all. Um, but again, you know, what happens with our planet, it did definitely not ho- happen overnight. And yeah. we are definitely not going to get you know, kind of a cure or a solution overnight. But every single step that we take Mm -hmm. towards a better environment is definitely going to help. So if we, like, for instance, you know, we're we're how many billions of people? And if one person say, listen, like, no, I'm not going to use a single straw. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just take like one billion people. If they all say the same, that's one billion straws. It might not seem like a, a big step for you, but if we all work together, yes. we can definitely achieve a lot. Absolutely. Can you just tell us about a few things that people can do here in Dubai with you know helping clean up the environment, 
uh, charities or events they can get involved in? Yeah, sure. So um, there's a few really amazing organizations that is based here in the UAE. Um, one of it is ASRAC. So I actually had um, had Natalie Banks on my podcast as well. So they are more about marine life mm-hmm. and they do a lot of beach cleanups. So mm-hmm. you can just watch out on their um, social media accounts to actually attend one of their beach cleanups. And what's really great about them is they clean the beach and then they also sort whatever waste it is that mm-hmm. they've got so that they can also show how many um you know of the plastic can actually get recycled um so that is quite nice that they do that and you have other initiatives as well like what i've mentioned previously with the rogue hotel Mm -hmm. um you know so to help people to bring in their recycled or their plastic to get recycled um there's quite a few initiatives that's starting next year as well um one of the initiatives which will probably kick off uh, towards end of January would be an eco bricks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are launching a campaign um, that we will start accepting eco bricks. We're going to do different workshops to teach people like what is an eco brick, how can they make their own eco brick to kind of divert those items from landfill. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will um, end, like become end of Jan, so people can just watch my social media as well. And um, tell us what your social media handle is again. It's uh, Design by Mar- Mariska. Yeah. Okay. Design by Mariska. That's your Instagram handle. Yes, that's okay. Instagram. So that's the one I'm more active on. So people can just watch out there, and we'll release slowly as we're building this whole campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, we will also again, like this year, where we had me and Marita wearing our trash for 30 days, mm-hmm. and the Waste Me Not Challenge. We will do another challenge again from Earth Hour to Earth Day, mm-hmm. um, which we will get the public to join us as well. So we'll also make that like kind of you know public once we get there Uh and then you also have like really great initiatives from um you know smaller like universities if you think what some of the campuses is doing as well um the new york university of abu dhabi they are really doing some amazing stuff as well so i would definitely recommend checking the stuff that they are doing out um and then yeah that's that's kind of it you have also the wwf that's constantly here doing some great initiatives as well great thank you so much mariska for talking to us if you guys have not been alarmed as yet well you need to follow mariska to know what you can do to become a responsible citizen of this planet and I hope you start with one small initiative today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. We all need to remember, there is no planet B. This is Kanchan Kulkarni saying goodbye for now and speak to you again soon.